Everyone probably knows that we drink on this podcast. <laughs> if that isn't obvious, then whoever's listening to it must be drunk also. <laughs> yeah, or my mother, because she can never tell. Dude. <laughs> That's a skill. One time I got home from uh, college. Actually, it was graduate school, so I was like full on an adult. Right. Not, not taking any money or anything like that. Like so, I might have even known you at this point. <laughs> not quite, but almost, okay. yeah. It was close. Okay. No, no, you would have. Yeah, you did know me at this point. Okay. Um, uh, I had just bought a vaporizer, um, hmm. a device for vaporizing marijuana, real marijuana. Was it the, the one in the, it was like a little wooden box? Yes. I yes. smoked out of that with you. Yeah, there you go. I remember when you bought it. Yeah, I was so excited. And this was before any of like the fucking oils and pens and shit like that. Like we were just like making shit in our it was crazy it was like it was like such an elaborate setup it was like when back in the day when you had cars that you had to crank by hand (laughs) that that did kind of feel uh what it uh felt like and also it was just like somebody making those out of their garage too Um, oh yeah just real you know uh off the off the grid kind of thing like you didn't get you didn't get that shit from amazon or anything yeah (laughs) So anyway, I um, was at home for some sort of holiday, and uh, I had gone to bed, and my parents had gone to bed too, and so I got all my shit set up, and you know how elaborate it is, right? I'm grinding yeah. pot, I'm, I got the thing warming up, the little device warming up, I got that mm-hmm. whip, that little... yeah. Erlenmeyer flask on the end of a rubber tube or something. I, re- I remember this di- device very well. I was like, how the fuck does this work? <laughs> right. And so I'm like getting ready and it's it, like vaporizing is like the coolest thing because you're not actually like burning it. So you can kind of mm-hmm. do, just do it inside. It's not like that big of a deal. So I was like inside just on my bed, like <laughs> getting ready for probably a, a, in those days a mash uh, rerun. Although nowadays it'd be Seinfeld, but uh, back in the Man, day. Mash reruns were good though. Oh, Cheers and Mash. They, that. they would just kind of yeah. boom boom right after uh, Star Trek's The Next Generation, which I watched <laughs> as well. Anyway, <laughs> and my dad just like comes in all of a sudden. He's like, "Hey, man!" Like he had been like thinking about some conversation that we had and like wanted to. He was feeling bad about it or whatever, and so I had this whole setup out. And I just like popped up off my bed and like met him at the door, kind of uh-huh. a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was just like describing all this to me. And I can't remember what he said because I was just like, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, no, dude, don't worry about it. No worries. Here's, here's worry. up there like, cutting off the angles like a goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't look over there. Don't look over there. <laughs> my body is in the way. <laughs> I had a nice quaff too at that point. Mm. So it was, it was helpful. Uh, I, I, he might've found me out. Uh, the bald headed Nate might've gotten found out. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much coverage there. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, he totally did not see, which is like my mother, uh, in drinking. Mm. She has no idea when I'm drunk or sober or high or not high. Well, I, I, do you think he would have known what the fuck that was when he saw it? I mean, I don't think I would know now. Seeing that no, I was, was trying to like, like the whole time on he a was craft son. <laughs> right. Yeah. The whole time I was he was uh, talking, I was trying to think of what I was doing. Right. Like, so what am I doing right now? <laughs> what do you got there? Um, so I thought of a glue gun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I had that. no I had no supplies. Right. So that would be that would have been a problem. I would have had to mm. explain that. All right. Well, where's your fucking construction paper? Wait, what are you gluing together? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I had thought is that it was some sort of internet thing, because back then, be yeah. like, oh, it's just it's a computer thing. That's a mouse, Dad. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a homemade computer slash clock. There's a uh, potato <laughs> inside that box. Uh, Don't even worry about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. One time my mom saw, uh, found um, a bottle cap, a Bud Light bottle cap on uh, the mantle because they had had a party when they were gone. Uh. 
And she's like, do you want to explain this? And I said that I collect bottle caps. Oh, nice. That's a thing. That's a, that was a thing anyway. I don't think anyone does that now. But Well, and I was like cool kid in high school where um, some of the cool kids like would drill holes in the bottle caps and then put them on their keychain as oh, like, okay. hey, look at me. I like drink shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you'd have like different kinds of bottle caps on there and it'd be like kind of a... You know. Like a visual confirmation that you have been drinking. That you're cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. I am I am I am one of the cool guys. I've got bottle caps. And uh so I convinced her that I that I was doing that to be That's popular. good cover. That that that's good like on the fly line. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. My sister was so pissed at me. She actually walked up to me first and she's like, Mom found this. What are you gonna do? She's like all excited, like she's watching a reality show yeah. or something. Like, oh shit, shit's going down. And it's like when you go to commercial on the reality shows, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah it's gonna be great. And then but, it came back, and like, it was nothing. That she was so yeah. disappointed. She's like, <laughs> look at that dramatic she's like, that is music such bullshit. Swells. I was yeah. like, well, what do you want? <laughs> it's like you're just mad because I succeed. <laughs> I know where you failed, where you would have been like, um, I fucked my boyfriend. Sorry. Right. It sucks to be older. (laughs) Yeah. Going back to the, uh, youngest child thing. Uh, Yeah. You get to learn. You get to learn from the older ones. Well, the whole reason I brought that up was because (laughs) I was talking about, uh, my drink selection. I'm back to whiskeys and uh, cokes because I think my heart stopped for a second. Yeah, the, that <laughs> I gotta green, say. <laughs> what was it called? The Green Mile? The Green Wall? The what Green Monster. What? The Green Monster. I think there it is. Green Mile would have been funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have just retroactively referred to it as that. Um, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I, I have been like chuckling to myself almost daily. Uh, about you telling me that you think your heart stopped one day because we're <laughs> drinking that. <laughs> so back to the coke. That's that's a little bit more of a measured amount of caffeine, I guess. Yeah, but <laughs> the new innovation that I'm uh, kind of proud of, and but I'm also like, oh god, I'm that TMZ guy because I have a um um like a, a like a cold cup thermos. Thing. You mm. know what I'm talking about? Like those plastic yeah. ones that's double walled and it's got the straw. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he does. Because condensation, dude, I got serious condensation. And some dripping water all over the place. But this has been like a revelation. My ice doesn't melt. It's been beautiful. The funny thing about it is that it says Ring Bearer Judah on it because it was like one of the <laughs> wedding gifts. Like the if you're in, you know, a wedding party, you get like. You got a commemorative shitty. cup? Yeah, I got a commemorative. Well, Judah got a commemorative cup, and I'm drinking booze out of it. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Oh. Dad I never of the got year. a commemorative cup at a wedding. Oh, really? Uh, the last wedding I was in, because Judah was in this wedding, I wasn't. Uh, the last wedding I was in, I got a mug uh, with the Bengals logo on it, like a big Stein. Mm. For beer drinking and rooting for the Bengals. That's cool. Uh, the Big Red Machine, I think that's the nickname for the <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals, right? <laughs> Big Orange. Who day? <laughs> I mean, I feel like uh, for being the age that I am, I've been to shockingly few weddings. I guess it's because I only have like three friends and all of them are losers and haven't gotten married (laughs) well and you're a millennial so like you don't believe in marriage and shit like that yeah i mean i'm not opposed to it i'm not opposed to it (laughs) no you'll come around some point in time (laughs) then only one person has to do taxes every year that's like the best part i mean that's already the situation (laughs) you guys do your taxes together I no, I do hers for her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you only have to do it once. Well, that's married. good. We're getting married. <laughs> We're getting married. Announcing <laughs> it on the podcast. <laughs> that's funny. You've heard it here. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay. You ready? 
<laughs> I suppose so. God, that was a drunken tangent there. I hope this whole episode is going to be like this. I have very little to say about the music. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to edit this one. I'm just going to put all don't. of this in. Just raw audio. <laughs> that that was always my dream, but I thought you'd be disappointed in me. So if you just do it, that opens the door. Oh, yeah. Well, it can only be a one-time thing. Do you want me to pull the trigger on it? You should. Okay. Good. <laughs> Welcome to the Radio Cure. I'm your host, Nathan Seal, and each week, Jeremy Cohen and I talk about new albums and artists in and around the indie music landscape. This week, we dig the past, we dig past the title and registration to pull out that burnt copy of transatlanticism we all have floating around in the glove box. We're talking Death Cab, new and old, next on the Radio Cure. Hey, Jerry. Hey, what's up, buddy? So, did you have that burned copy of Transatlanticism in your glove box? Did well, you get that I, reference? I, I did get the reference, and I actually enjoyed it. For once, I actually read uh, the introduction before we started recording. Oh, you did? And I, and I was happy I did because uh, it wasn't a burned copy. It was uh, the copy of Transatlanticism that I had actually bought, but it was oh, one yeah. of my glove box staples. Right? Everyone has that like handful of glove box CDs and transatlanticism got stuck in my glove box. Also, it was a burn copy and the first song on it was um I was a kaleidoscope, which is actually from the photo album. So for the longest time I thought I was a kaleidoscope was on transatlanticism because somebody just added that on there. Well, uh I have never listened to uh the photo album. Oh, well, see, and I, I mean, I don't know which direction you want to go here, but <laughs> I, I think that something about planes and we have the facts, we're voting yes, are kind of like this artsy coffee shop uh, death cab that not everybody is into. And right. the photo album is kind of like the beginning of what everyone probably understands as death cab. I Was a Kaleidoscope being the archetype song, the formula that mm. this formulaic album is probably based on. In the, end. Well, well, were, the new one, that is. Well, when you sent me that playlist you made, that is honestly the first time I've ever heard that song. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Now I was a kaleidoscope is the song. That's like, that's our sound. That's what we're doing. Let's go. <laughs> Let's never change. <laughs> well, it pretty exists. close. 25 years later. Um, <laughs> now, what, what, uh, where did you get in on Death Cab? What was the album? Was it that one? It was that burnt copy. I, uh, I got in on Transatlanticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then realized that I was a kaleidoscope was on the photo album, which right. then I, at first I thought Transatlanticism was their first album. Then I thought the photo album was their first album. And then I saw it like two more. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like before you went to the internet to find shit out. Like you just didn't yeah. do that. I mean, I'm sure the internet knew this, but I didn't know to go to the internet to look at this. But, you know, you're going through Best Buy looking and you're like, what the f- what are these albums? What yeah, is you're this? like, is this an EP? Is this a bootleg? What is yeah. happening here? Is this, is or is this their actual new album? And so when I went back to that stuff, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this sounds a lot like Further Seems Forever. This sounds like early emo indie shit that um, I don't necessarily need to go back and appreciate to appreciate mm-hmm. what I'm appreciating now. <laughs> right. <laughs> a lot of appreciation there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, now, big Death Cab fans would say that Transatlanticism is the best album, right? I think so. I, I mean, I think that uh, Transatlanticism is like their being there or whatever, where like big Wilco fans mm-hmm. don't say Yankee Hotel. They say, no, it's the being there. That's the one that they really... Man, I was uh, I stuck to saying that for so long. Did you? 
Until I realized that Yankee Hotel is actually a lot better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's I, just a I mean, more mature album. They're better at what they do. Yeah. That's like, Being there, don't get me wrong, beautiful, wonderful. Uh, my introduction to Wilco, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, transatlanticism is when they like kind of uh, peaked, I guess. Um, now I, I would say that big death cab fans would say that, um, I, I definitely say it's my favorite album. Um, the new year title and registration, the sound of settling tiny vessels, a lack of color. I mean, all of those are like archetypal death cab songs. Like you yeah. can hear parts of those songs in every song that they write after. I, I feel album. like it's it's a tragedy that you didn't realize that uh, New Year was the first track on Transatlanticism. It's such a good opening track. It's a, such a great opening track. And I've, I've gone back to love that. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. New Year is a great opening uh, track. Title and registration is like that simple idea uh, to explain complex things. Mm-hmm. Um, they... I mean, I, I feel like it, it could be on plans. It's like that song on Summer Teeth, uh, Shot in the Arm, that could be on um, Yankee Hotel. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of a shape of things to, to come. The glove compartment isn't accurately named. And everybody knows it. So I'm proposing. Lack of Color is the deep cut. It's the fan favorite. It's the one that we're like, play Lack of Color. Come on, play Lack of Color. <laughs> it's a great song. That's the last track on the album, right? It is. It is. It has a real I will follow you um, into the dark kind of feeling. It's a precursor to probably one of their most popular songs, I Will Follow You Into the Dark. It is. Uh, not a song I'm a big fan of. Which one, Lack of Color or I Will Follow You? No, I Will Follow You Into the Dark. And it may be one of those situations where I've just heard it too many times, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'm kind of out on plans. Maybe we'll get to that. I don't know where this podcast is going. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we're uh, we're obviously starting with the retrospective. I thought we'd maybe start with the new album, but uh, we're here, so let's do it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're driving this boat. I I don't want to fuck you all up. I I am rudderless right now. Or drink driving, as the Brits say. (laughs) <laughs> Which seems odd to me because that always makes me think of people actually drinking while they're driving. If you're drink well, driving, I mean, I you're drinking while you're driving. Now you are drunk driving this boat. <laughs> yeah, but drunk driving is is like past tense. Like you're done drunk and now you're driving. Drink driving seems like I'm drinking and I'm driving. <laughs> it seems more positive, I suppose. Yeah, it, it's like a country drive. We used to go drink driving. Where yeah, we, just, we used like, to do that too up in the and, mountains. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and the Jeep has uh, the the middle console of the Jeep uh, can be a cooler. Fun thing about Jeeps. Oh, I love Jeeps. I know. So they're just like begging you to drink drive. Yeah, I mean, when we used to do that, it'd be way up in mountain roads in the middle of nowhere. We're only in danger. Same thing. Cornfields in Ohio. Yeah. Plus, if you go off the if you go off the road and hit a cornfield, it just like you just hit corn. If you go off the road into the mountain, you're done. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All the girls in every girly magazine can't make me feel any less alone. I'm reaching for the phone to call at 703. On your machine, I slur a plea for you to come home. But I know it's too late. 
Okay, so lack of color. I, I think that's probably the most famous of songs for the Death Cab fans. Like, that's the song. Really? And I think so. No? I mean... I, Maybe not most famous, but that's like the one you want to hear. Okay, so I... Going back to go to a show. here for a second, I wanted to preface this by saying I've never been that big of a fan of them. They're one of those bands that just, like, seems important. You know what I mean? They are important, and I was big into them then, and then I never saw them, and now I don't want to see them because now it's just going to be like a, you know... It'd be like yeah. a nostalgia concert. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, you definitely missed the boat on that. Yeah. So just if you miss the boat on somebody, it's okay. Just don't see them. It is okay. It's not gonna be what you thought it was going to be. Yeah. So don't don't do that to yourself. Don't go see U two. Don't go see Pearl Jam if you haven't already seen them. If you've already seen them, it's a different thing because then you you can relive yes. some of the old feels. Yeah. No. Totally agree. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I don't I don't oh <laughs> I wasn't um, saying anything. <laughs> no, it that what what I just said is is not fair. I, I, I was into Death Cab. Now uh my perspective on Death Cab is a little different than yours and i think it might be uh somewhat common with uh people mostly younger than me and that's i got into death cab because i first got into the postal service ah uh, mhm that i i think that happened a lot to people yes cuz the popal the, <laughs> the, the the popal the, service the popal service the papal service ki- kind of a phenomenon um it in one year it was like a, f- a flash in the pan i mean not yeah. a flash in the pan but it, it was a sensation it, it got more at that time it got more play than actual death cab it, and it was like did you know that the guy from Postal Service was in a band. Yes, that it was that kind that of was stuff. My that was exactly my introduction to him. And and that's not I a think, bad introduction because the Postal Service is a great record and really um, shows off all all the things that are good about Ben Gibbard, which is his lyrical kind of prowess and his narrative yeah, and I and I think uh, whether it's fair or not, uh, my relationship with uh, Ben Gibbard as a musical artist uh, was always tainted by that because I never liked anything Death Cab ever did as much as that. That's understandable. That's a really good record, and it has a uniqueness about it because it's so one-minded and straightforward. I mean, every song is exactly what should be on that album. There's no experimentation. It's all just like straightforward. I mean, I guess at that point it was experimentation because they were doing something very different, which is... Uh, working on tracks without being in the same room. Right. They were literally sending it through the mail, which is where they got the band name. But we, yeah. but let's not spend too much time on that. But No, that's a that's a good reminder of of that the postal service was going on here right before plans because yeah. I got into transatlanticism and thought that because of my emo, because they're, they're much more emo. I don't even yes. know if you can call them emo. I think they're just straight indie. Um, but they're much more emo at the beginning. And so that's where I found it. I mean, the, the find the newest emo band is like the thing in emo, right? Yeah. Or at least it was at that time. And transatlanticism kind of gave them a national success. And then I, th- I really think that either in 2004 is when... Um, the Postal Service came out because I believe that I was really, really an- anticipating plans because of the Postal Service. Right. Which came out in 2005. Transatlanticism, 2003. Plans, mm-hmm. 2005. Uh, the marching bands of Manhattan was like that first big pop sound. And yeah. you just knew at that moment, like, they're going to be big. This is something yeah. that they can do in their 
um, in their catalog now. Like they have that that big pop sound. Uh, different names for the same thing. I will follow you in the dark. What Sarah said and Brothers on a Hotel Bed. The the thing about this album for me was the religious skepticism that was at yeah. like the core of it. And that, that was really like definitional for me at that point. Like th- that religious skepticism didn't have to be dark. It could also be kind of like positive and like mm-hmm. world affirming too. Yeah. Um, I think uh, my objection to plans, I think is how overplayed the singles were soul meets body. Sure. And um, I will follow you into the dark. But man, marching bands of Manhattan—that is a good fucking song. It is, I, and I, I feel like it's a precursor to what's going to come on Narrow Stairs, and yes. something grander, something a little more epic, and, and on Codes and Keys, um, which I really feel like they come into their own at uh, those albums. Yeah, uh, Narrow Stairs is definitely my favorite album of theirs. Like it's not even close, but. I, I know, like, not having been, like, a Death Cab fan since early on, I know that's not, like, the popular opinion, yeah. but... The, the thing with me on Plans is that they move from being, like, sad sack lovers that don't, you know, get the girl emo style to these contemplative thinkers about things beyond this world like wh- what it what is it to, to kind of grow up in a, a Catholic or religious environment and mm-hmm. then to not like live like that as, as an adult and kind of stuff like that so it it has this like greater weight that, like neon Bible um, yes. it has this greater weight to me than the actual songs um are popular you know what i mean like it has like this existential kind of uh gravity to it for me personally Death Cab because I I've liked so much of their stuff but I don't think anything they've ever put out hit me at the right time. There it is yeah. No this was the perfect time I was you know in seminary learning about God and thinking "Mm, this all doesn't really fit together the way that (laughs) I thought it did. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's not the uh, perfect puzzle piece that has been presented to me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so the Neon Bible and Plans were really instrumental in kind of understanding that. It was almost like um, the idea, especially in I Will Follow You Into the Dark, the idea of heaven and hell dissolved in that song, but yet... It was not something that that song did to me, but rather it was like a confirmation of like, yeah, yes. I'm okay with thinking this now. Yeah. I'm yeah, okay I, with being done with that idea. Yeah. And, and like I, I, I listen to their music and I'm like, I know that maybe had I been born like two months <laughs> earlier or yeah. three years later, this may have hit me perfectly, but it never quite lined up. Yeah, this is post-college for me. So this is like that yeah. time when you get out into the world and you realize that everything is complete and utter bullshit. And maybe <laughs> everything is like beautiful and cool and pretty, but it's also like, what's the point of it all? You know? Yeah. But why is everything cool and beautiful and pretty? And But why <laughs> right. do we? Why does everything <laughs> suck too sometimes? Like... What's the meaning of it all? And and so these kind of albums kind of hit you, and they they give voice to something that you've already had been wondering about already. Yeah, absolutely. I I I, I like see like the amazing, thoughtful songwriting. I just yeah. know that it it didn't line up 
for what I needed at the time. And I don't go back to plans that much. Actually, I go back to narrow stairs and codes and keys the most because plans is something like almost like I, it, it's like that's for that time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm feeling nostalgic for that time, maybe I'll go back to it. But other than that, it's not just a song. Those aren't songs that just live in my kind of catalog of songs I like to hear. But Narrow Stairs and Codes and Keys, this is where Mm -hmm. they were self-consciously a big band. And so this is a big band album, Narrow Stairs. Um, I I think suburbs like after like the success of Neon Bible they came back and it's like our shit doesn't stink we're a big band we're gonna write big fucking songs it's expansive anthemic um, grand much more positive much more playful um, and in some points experimental especially with I Will Possess Your Heart the single that doesn't start until three minutes in yeah and uh, anyone that, God bless you, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, should come no, as no surprise. This is my favorite Death Cab song. I will possess your heart. And is that because of Narrow Stairs, or uh, what is it exactly? Um, I I love Narrow Stairs because of this song. Like this okay. is the one that hooked me. Like they're so. I got very early on in uh, me like getting really into music. I uh, a big part of that was the Wilco album "A Ghost Is Born." Yes, um, which is it, the one after the big one, which is also yes. "Narrow Stairs." Interesting, exactly. Um, and. It's because it was the first like few times that I heard like a lot because I was an uneducated music listener because of my <laughs> upbringing, um, and I, I I'd never heard anything that was like so like repetitive and long uh, mm. with a with a reason though, <laughs> and I. <laughs> Unlike, like, Pink Floyd, uh, the Sid Barrett years. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to shit on that, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, you were up, like, listening to, like, Christian music or whatever, and then, you, like, branch out to what your parents were listening to. It was, like, maybe, like, some Eagles or Don sure. Henley, uh, Steve Wood. Formulaic. Um, uh, very tight, uh, no yeah. no wrong steps, just all just boom 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 boom. Done yeah, the song. very straightforward. And for a song to like go on this long, like the songs on Ghost Is Born, I was like, yeah. oh, I like this. And and it was formative for what I like now. Like it's been well established on this podcast. I love really long, very repetitive songs. Yeah, the epics. You you get to the point where you've heard the same thing over and over again that any sort of like change is epic and just like yeah. life changing. Yeah. And and this song made me listen more closely to this album and to this day it's my favorite Death Cab album. So. Yeah. Um, it, I, I actually because I love Plans so much I was down on this album when it first came out because. Mm-hmm. I was expecting some sort of life-changing, oh, I, I rethought my entire religious structure from this album. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you got next for me? <laughs> kind of so, you know, Narrow Stairs is obviously going to be a disappointment existentially. Yeah. But then I got in on Codes and Keys, and they're, like I said, playful. There's like this playful, like we're just a big band putting out great songs and so I went back yeah. to Narrow Stairs and I was like oh my god these are great songs
uh, Bixby Bridge has real yes uh, marching bands of Manhattan feels to it. Great um, opening drag. You can do better than me. It has that cleverness of some of those songs on trans- transatlanticism, like mm-hmm. uh, the sound of settling or or uh, uh, title and registration. Um, at long division. Uh, they start doing some more interesting uh, things on that too. You, you can start to hear where they're going to, where they're going to go. Yes, in some of these songs, and it, and it's it's that turning point where for me they are at their best because when they yeah. fully turned into codes and keys, I, I I'm less in on. It was yeah. it was this this pivot point. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I likened it to Hail to the Thief, where you could uh, make the argument that Narrow Stairs is their best album in the same way that you could make the argument that Hail to the Thief is Radiohead's best yeah. album. Yeah. Just because they're already a big band, they're just going to like do whatever they want, and they're just, they just put out, I mean, that has so many hits on Hail to the Thief. Same yeah. with here. It's just like hit after hit. Kath is one of my favorite songs. Kath is so good such a I don't want to say throwaway song but from plans with all like the heavy like what Sarah said and brothers on the hotel bed like all of this like like really heavy dark matter like calf is just like a breath of fresh air It's so like catchy, like re-listening to this in the last couple days, like that was the one that got stuck in my head. It's yeah. it's so good. I love the ellipses. Um, yeah, that's they nice. were they were one of the first people that I um, came across that had super long um, yeah <laughs> uh, song titles, and Cath uh, is kind of a fun one because it's like. This could have been super long, but we just gave you the ellipses. Yeah. It's like, maybe let's uh, throw some punctuation in there. <laughs> <laughs> you see a lot now. I don't know if we're seeing a lot then, but I didn't see it. Um, yeah. And then like uh, 20 a million by Bon, bon Iver. Bon Iver <laughs> yeah. That, that's is, like the is uh, like all punctuation. <laughs> yeah, that that is this concept taken to its extreme, <laughs> which is very silly. I mean, I, I'm on record. Uh, the last episode we recorded, I don't know when these are coming out. Sure. Uh, I like that album a lot, but that is th- that is just silly. The punctuation <laughs> of that album. <laughs> it is. It's like pretension for pretension's sake. Um, codes and keys. So this is the one, like I said, I came back to narrow stairs on because it just had some really great song. Codes and keys is a great song. Uh, doors unlocked and opened. I feel like has some more experimental feelings to it. It 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 kind of lingers in a, in a way that is a little more electronic to me. Uh, You're a tourist mm-hmm. is just like all right, we know how to we know how to write a hit. Uh, they do, and it, I mean, and we just—I I mean, don't, we can do it in I, don't like th- I don't like—I don't like their songs that are hits, though. I, I'm not a big fan of "You Are a Tourist." Really? No, it's. See, I like their hit songs. I've, I always have, and I've always liked the yeah. one, the, the big uh, radio plays. I think they're really good at it, and it's just—I mean, "You're You're a Tourist" has to be on everyone's uh, death cap playlist.
No, no, no. I, I mean, you, you would know instantly that it's a Death Cab song. Yeah. Yeah, it is absolutely a Death Cab song. Um, St. Paul's has that religious cynicism, that kind of questioning about what, what's going to happen after we die. Uh, uh, St. Peter's. Oh, damn it. Is it St. Peter's? Yeah, they're both P Bible names. Who gives a shit? But it is St. Well, Peter's. Uh, okay. St. Paul's Cathedral is the famous one in London. That's I guess I just always read that as... Wow, that's really weird. I always thought it was St. Paul's. I, Until this moment right here. <laughs> well, you, you texted me earlier and you did it correctly, I believe. Are you fucking kidding me? Maybe I haven't. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with me right now? This is like um, a subconscious thing. Like You may not even be aware of it, that you actually know the real title. No, it's like some spinning top inside of a box, inside of a dream of a dream, like Inception or something. <laughs> but the point is, it's a great fucking song. This is, yes, my, I this mean, is my favorite song on Codes and Keys. Yeah, it has to be. I mean, the... Uh, Stay Young and Go Dancing is a really great um, ender, especially kind of like to to release the weight of Mm -hmm. um, St. Peter's. I'll I'll believe you right at this moment, but (laughs) it feels weird to me. Um, uh, But yeah, I mean, it has to be on any greatest hits. uh, Yeah, it it is so good. It it is top notch. St. Peter's Cathedral. That is a good fucking song. And it, it has one of those uh, tropes that uh, w- the one of the new songs on the new album has that They do the oohs and the ahs and the ba-bas and the ba-bas very well. Yeah. It's either quite a master plan or just chemicals that help us understand Our hearts stop ticking This is the end And there's nothing past this There's nothing past this There's nothing past this There's nothing past this There's nothing Most of their music is so driving. I think that's why it, it lends itself to go da 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 da. <laughs> you know, like yada yada. I'm gonna yada yada this part because I've already said so many words. I'm Ben Gibbard. I say words. I say lots of them. <laughs> Don't you think? He does say I mean, a lot that, of words. He's wordy. I mean, that's that's one of the things I had on. I was a kaleidoscope. Is that there's like this wordiness that is. I mean what you think of as death cab. Yeah, that that is definitely one of the things I like about them. I, I like his songwriting, even if I don't like a lot of stuff they've done. Uh, all right, so I guess we should talk about Kintsuki and then get to the new one. Uh, we can skip Kintsuki. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to talk about one of the song titles on there, though. Oh, yes, I know. So this, to me, was kind of like Reflector was for... It was just like... Uh, maybe not even Reflector. Maybe more... Uh, what's the new one? Uh, it's... Well, I mean... Because Reflector unfair. I kind of liked. No, Reflector is good. Reflector is pretty good, but... that I mean, No Room in Frame is definitely, this is the thing, trying new things while trying to stay faithful, which makes you kind of not be anywhere. And so No Room in Frame is very much staying faithful. Ghost of Beverly Drive is trying new things. It's kind of that outside of the box one that's like, uh, that's not really Death Cab. And it's also like, what the fuck? What? Drive? 
Yeah, the the ghosts of Beverly Drive. Like, what? Why did they title it that? Like, what? I I am so confused by this. Is and it like a nod to is it, the national? Is it a, I don't know. I don't like it though. Or is it just completely arbitrary? Like, oh, we wanted to name it this song because there's a Beverly Drive in Seattle that we're really fond of. I yeah. I, I have like no weird information about the background or... of this, but I, it, I don't like it. No, it's too close. I mean, you just, like, w- however much in love you are with the title of something or, like, the name of a brand, if it's too close to something else, you can't do it. I mean, it's just, I'm sorry, you can't, you know? Well, and I there was are several names like- for... I was wondering if, like, musically it was referencing the Geese of Beverly Road, but it's not, and uh, I don't know. I'm out. No, I'm, it's nothing close to the Geese of Beverly Road. No. And <laughs> the Ghost of Beverly Drive is, is it's just too close to me, for me. Yeah. No, the, the Geese of Beverly Road is a very important song to me, and I'm <laughs> irrationally... <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> out on it but then also the song isn't very good either <laughs> no but it, it is that kind of weird new thing that they're trying that was all I was saying about it yes that's fair so this new one it came out like paste 81 consequence sound 42 I went with AV Club 69 so right in the middle plus nice. 69 <laughs> nice Uh, So let me read this from uh, AV Club, and then we'll get into the few songs we have for this one, too. Uh, Ben Gibbard and company have gotten very good at what they do. Thank you for today, Death Cab for Cuties, tightly crafted ninth studio album, and first since 2015's Kintsugi likely won't disappoint, disappoint fans. But it's hard. But it's also hard to muster tremendous enthusiasm for it. Almost everything here feels a little too safe. The songs largely repeat the same patterns over and over. The band's minimal and genteel guitar melodies, paired to steady rhythms that gradually swell in the transition from verse to chorus, synths rising, followed by an instrumental bridge and coda. Blah blah blah. The most musically distinct song on the record's first single, Gold Rush, starts almost like a spiritualized track. Whoa. 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 Careful. Pump the fucking brakes on that shit. Pump the fucking brakes. (laughs) But the silly whispered repetition of the title throughout the the song falls flat, which I... Gold Rush. You know what's funny? Is um, <laughs> I <laughs> you know that Bush commercial where they just keep going? I don't know Bush. how well this is gonna come across, but that's it, as annoying as Gold Rush. They they hold that sh too long. That's the problem with the whole thing, and that they're saying it over and over again, like Gold Rush. It's like one you of those cash for gold places. <laughs> I. Okay, so I had this dilemma like two days ago where I was like, there's Gold Rush seems like a really stupid song, but there's something about it that I also really <laughs> enjoy. And th- this was the most I enjoyed a song on the record, even though I was like, this is really dumb, but I was still <laughs> like grooving to it. No, one of the other um, ones that I read, because I read those other two, Consequences Sound and Paste, uh, they said that Gold Rush is like one of the best songs they've written in years without the Gold Rush part. Like, And okay. I went back and listened to it, and I was like, yeah, yeah this actually song is really groovy and really right. great. Just, just if you cut out the Gold Rush part and you okay, just had Ben Gibbard singing the verse regular... I am It'd glad great the problem has been identified because I don't feel like I've ever heard a song before where I was like, this is really dumb, but I really <laughs> like it. And I don't understand like what the 
differences here. Like, why do I think this is stupid and Gold really rush. like it at the same time? Gold Rush. It's like it, it, it literally saying Gold Rush under anything sounds fucking retarded. That's fair. Sorry, I don't know if we can say the R word anymore, but it's just, oh my goodness. I mean, I would like to. I, I say <laughs> retarded a lot in my everyday life. And I mean, no offense to anyone, but I would like to, I would like to establish a precedent that we say it on this podcast. <laughs> I feel like retarded is something else. Like it's somebody able-bodied and completely able-brained doing something just Fucking retarded. <laughs> Fucking retarded, yeah. <laughs> like, you can only do something retarded if you are of able brain. Exactly. Mentally handicapped people can't do retarded things. It has nothing to do with, do with your capacity. <laughs> it's just sometimes you do retarded yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that if that's a good qualification or a bad qualification, but it, it's a qualification. <laughs> yeah, we're going with it. <laughs> okay, so I worked really hard uh, to try to like thank you for today, and I bet you did. <laughs> um, um, I, <laughs> I, I just feel like that. I was out on narrow stairs because it wasn't what I expected. And then mm -hmm. I was just in a place where I wanted more death cab for codes and keys. And, and then I went back to narrow stairs and thought, Oh, I just didn't give it enough time. Right. Yeah. And that might be the case for Kintsuki, but I, I do think that it's not very good. And that might be because I don't have time, but I, I've started to really like a lot of songs on this album. Okay. And I, I, and I that's fair. I, uh, my immediate reaction to this album was, well, if I loved death cab for cutie, I would be happy that this exists. You know what I mean? This seems like, more of a throwback than Kintsuki. Like, like I feel like we're returning to something with this album, and so I think I yeah. can see the fans really being okay for this. Uh, good yeah, for this I, I I don't think there's anything offensively bad about this album. <laughs> I know nobody's I, dick is out in this album, right? It's not like the thirty fourth Weezer album. It's <laughs> like if I, if I were really into Death Cab, I'm sure I'd be fine with this existing. But it, 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 it's just something where it's like, I, I know after having to listen to this for the podcast, I am never going to listen to this again. No, I, I, but it's inoffensive, right? Like it, it's not like it's inoffensive. Yeah. It's not like annoyingly bad or anything. No, it's not the arcade fire album. No, yeah. It, it's infinitely that, that's better like, than that. Fuck you. Fuck you for putting yeah. this shit out and thinking yeah, it's good. Exactly. It is fine. I'm not ever going to listen to it again. I'm happy for anyone who's super into Death Cab and this scratches some sort of itch. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to listen to it again. So, summer years. Um, AB Club is the band's earnest indie rock sound distilled to its purest essence. I I, I I think that Summer Years is something that you could you could hear on plans, a very simple indie, very lonely lover shit. And I wonder can't go back to your summer years. Uh, great lyricist, great line there. Uh, what do you think of your summer years, Jer? Um, I hate the summer now that I live in New York because it's ungodly hot all the time. 
<laughs> so you would associate it with your shittiest years. But I think most people would <laughs> no, say like I, I, your I get, good I, years. Like what I are your get good years? The sentiment. I get. Are the you sentiment. in your good years? Uh, <laughs> Every year is my good year, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, Every year is my best year. Um, <laughs> I I think that I get the impression that with this album, Ben Gibbard is doing an impression of his old self. Yeah, he's I think like, it's com- contemplative. Or it's like he's if looking I back. He's like, I'm not fucking miserable anymore. Um, but I used to be, and that kind of made me popular. So let me write songs like that. Yeah. He's nostalgic for being miserable. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I mean, I don't know the guy, so who knows, but that's the impression I get. Well, I think what makes you miserable as you get older is thinking about how good you had it and didn't know how good you had it when you Mm -hmm. had it good. I think that's what this (laughs) album is all about. Okay. Is that too much there? Or do you, no, did you follow that logic? I, I <laughs> There was a lot of repeating, don't, that's all I'm don't, saying. Don't condescend me. <laughs> don't condescend me, sir. <laughs> I get it. I think that's essentially the same thing I said. It was just more succinct. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Ben Gibbard thinks that he owes his fans something and... Uh, his response was to imitate how he used to feel. Well, I, I, I think that's very on brand for all of his listeners, too. Like, his yeah. fans are as old as he is, and so mm-hmm. to imitate better years is kind of the... I mean, that's the M.O. of the early 40-something person, sure. right? Just to imitate yeah. better years or to, to be nostalgic for better years. Yeah. Um, this, a lot of these songs don't really go anywhere. It feels like there's, there's an idea that lingers but is never, like, the full song. Um, yeah, like, like, they didn't, like, they weren't that interested in, like, exploring where they could go. Yeah, yeah. It's just we're going to have this thought and write it out, write it out. Uh, when we drive... Um, To me, it has this, again, nostalgic feeling to it because of title and registration, this idea that um, a road trip can be a metaphor for a relationship. And it's also, it's just more classic sound, more classic subject matter. But I mean, it's just like, I want to write a great road trip song. Here you go. Yeah. And I I feel like, again, the result is it's not bad. It's really not. This is this has like a uh, nice '80s synth that I, I feel like I do is a like, little bit of an yeah. update to the Death Cab sound. Mm-hmm. When we drive, when we drive, it almost sounds like a, like a momentous moment in a John Hughes movie. Hmm. Yeah, I I feel that I said it, it was like the whole thing feels like it's viewed through the rear view mirror. Like there's kind of like this looking mm-hmm. back on everything. Yeah, uh, feeling to the whole thing. Uh, Autumn love. Um, it's this uh, as AV Club says. It's this jangly Americana riff with the O O O's that harken back to um, some of the stuff we love. Well, we 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 do Saint Peter's Pauls, yeah. Um, makes for a refreshing and humable and humable. Now I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna justify it with a re- repeat. That's a dumb word. Humable will not make the fridge poetry cut. Humable. Yeah, H-U-M-M-A-B-L-E. How would you say that? Hummable? Hummable. There it is. <laughs> We're cutting out. We're not cutting anything. Damn it. I think we should cut this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> Hummable. What a dumb word. Neendurdle. <laughs> that was Neendurdle moment. <laughs> that was. <laughs> Humable. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is hummable. Able I to mean, be it hummed. is descriptive. <laughs> Just, it's a dumb looking word. You know, it's like when you meet somebody That's, and you're like, I, I mean, hate I'm your not, fucking face. There's nothing wrong with you, but I hate your fucking face. I, I, Do you I'm ever meet people like talk, that? <laughs> I'm not going to talk shit about you for reading things because I literally <laughs> don't read anything for this podcast. So I, I'm in mm. no position to. <laughs> Criticize. That'd, that'd be a fun opposite George podcast. You do all the reading. That would but, be even more of a disaster than this episode. <laughs> I hate the face of Hummable. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but Autumn Love, that's the, that's the uh, reprise from summer years, maybe, right? Like uh, your summer years are over, but you can still have an Autumn Love, kind of late in life love. Maybe sure. you catch her. Maybe you catch her on twi- uh, Twinder, as uh, Twinder. you know. You, you know, your wife gets cancer or something, dies, mm-hmm. or like she Real just gets dark. sick of you, <laughs> and, and divorces. Either way, you get on Twinder, find some autumn love. Hey, it's not so bad. <laughs> my my leaves are falling, but I can still love. Hospice love. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny because I said it. (laughs) (laughs) But Autumn Love, I said, it feels like good formulaic. How do you feel about that? I feel like that's this whole album. Good formulaic? Yeah, it's it's not bad. And if you love Death Cab, then... Sure, why not? I'm going to say it. I said it once, I'm going to say it again. (laughs) 60 and Punk. That's a nice, I hope I'm 60 and Punk. It's a good song title. Great ender. Uh, It it has a a St. Peter's Staples song-esque kind of thing. Uh, Curtain falls and the band plays you off. He's he's kind of looking back on his life. Uh, The aging superstar Mm -hmm. eulogy. Classic. Ninth album bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> See, I, I, I feel like because of my negativity, you're being too hard on this by calling it bullshit. It's not bullshit. It's fine. Everything about this album is fine. <laughs> no, but it's a classic move. I mean, it's, it is a, a it's a whole move. thing yeah. that people no, right. do when they get older. Mm-hmm. Talking about being 60s and punk. Curtain falls to applause and the band plays you all. The band plays you all. It's a superhero growing boy with no one to save anymore. I used to watch you on the late yeah, night like, scene. I feel timely like the anarchist I was in my 20s, but I have joint issues. Mm-hmm. When I'm 64, greatest punk track <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Paul McCartney. <laughs> hell of a, hell of a punk track. Uh, but I love the lyrics. I mean, this is, this is one of those Ben Gibber moments. I mean, he's just made for these. You were happier. Were you happier when you were poor? I mean, that's a great line. It is. Were, no, were he's, you, Jer, he's, he were you happier when you were poor? Well, I've never known the opposite, so. <laughs> <laughs> so are you happy being poor, I guess, is, is how we would translate that for you, then? <laughs> I'm relatively happy. <laughs> oh, I'm not poor. I'm just a rich person without any money. That's a good line. <laughs> That's a really good line. Yeah, it's not mine. <laughs> Whose line is that? Anyway, um, <laughs> there is a Netflix show called Shit's Creek. I think it's from that. Oh, okay. I believe. It's a good line. 
I'm not. Bored. You could have just taken credit for that. I obviously never. I could. Known. That was an up. That was a pretty obscure reference. That's what you got to do. You got to find obscure but great references and then claim them as your own. <laughs> That's basically the internet. You're explaining the internet to me That's now. <laughs> 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 uh, I think at that point we should we should call it quits. Then I think that does it for us this time. Check out Death Cab's new one. Thank you for today. And tell us what you think by leaving us a review in the iTunes, and we'll read it out. We'll read it out. We will read your take out on the show. If we get a take, we'll read it. Follow the link in the show notes to all the reviews and music using this episode to our website, theradiocurepod.com. Till next time, I've been Nathan Zia. With me was Jeremy Cohen. Thanks for listening to The Radio Cure. Bye. Oh, I am not well. (laughs) 